What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie and or TV show of all time. I am Matt Primo, and I am back to review The Last of Us Season 1. We have reviewed all of the episodes up to this point. This is the review for episode number 7, titled Left Behind. So if you have not been following along with all my reviews... I highly recommend going back and listening to those reviews. Nick Ziegler's on uh, on a few of them, and then uh, the other ones are me doing it solo. Shout out to that. But I will be talking about spoilers for the episode titled Left Behind. So if you have not seen the episode, then by all means, you need to go watch the episode before you listen to me talk about it. Unless you just don't give a shit about spoilers, which by all means, by all means, continue listening. I will I will not judge you or stop you. But there will be spoilers from this point forward. Alright, so if you are still listening to me, that means you are still here and you want to hear the spoilers for episode number 7. I'll jump into the recap real quick before I give you my overall impressions of the episode. So, episode 7, Left Behind, is about Ellie and an injured Joel sheltered in an abandoned house. As Joel approaches death, he urges Ellie to leave him. Ellie remembers her time in Fedra Military School, which she attended with her best friend, Riley. While Ellie causes trouble and fights with her peers, Riley ran away and has been missing for three weeks. Riley sneaks back into their dorm room and reveals to Ellie she has joined the Fireflies. She brings Ellie to an abandoned mall where they explore a photo booth, an arcade, and a carousel. Riley tells Ellie the Fireflies have assigned her to a post in Atlanta and it is her last night in Boston. While Ellie is upset at first, she convinces Riley to stay and they kiss. An infected attacks the two and Ellie manages to kill it, but both get bitten during the struggle. Tearfully, they decide to stay together and wait for the infection to take hold. Back in the present, Ellie finds a sewing needle and returns to Joel. She begins to stitch up his wound, and then that's where the episode ends. So this is the uh, quote-unquote DLC episode for the game. The uh, DLC for the for the first game was titled Left Behind. It focused on Ellie and her friend Riley as they were in a mall and whatnot and it explored that relationship between the two. Personally, I have never played the DLC, so typically on these reviews, I have been kind of giving you like little tidbits of, hey, this is different than the game, or this is kind of you know, word for word what happened in the game. I can't necessarily do that this week because I never played the DLC. It just didn't seem like something that I was super interested in considering the uh, the source material and whatnot. But I had talked to one of our Patreon supporters, Eric Hernandez, and he kind of he kind of went over with me a little bit. And he was like, nah, it, it's more than just that. You know, it's is pretty decent. So maybe in the near future, I might play the DLC because I wanted to do a, a deep dive series and a like, Let's Play series on our YouTube with... The Last of Us Part 1, the uh, the remake that came out uh, late last year. I wanted to play through it with the remake. And I think that would have been a, a great time to go through the DLC. So I think I will go through it eventually. But up to this point, before I had that conversation with them, it was not something that I'd ever felt like I needed to do. You know, it's, you know, for those out there that aren't aware, the DLC is just extra content uh, on top of the base game that you get. And it supposedly it doesn't affect like the narrative in any way. It just kind of gives you a little bit of backstory as to her character and what was what was going on with her before she she met up with Joel. 
So what did I think of Left Behind? I really, really liked this episode. Is it one of my favorite episodes? No. I, I think it's definitely going to be towards the bottom of of the seven that have has been released. I will say this. There's, there's a lot of controversy behind this episode and then episode three, the uh, Bill and Frank episode. I am not personally going to jump into that controversy. I'm not going to talk about the review bombs and all that because you don't come here to hear about controversies and whatnot. So I'm not going to... I'm not going to tackle that subject matter in this review. I am here to review the episode and whether it fits in the overall context of the show and how well it, you know, develops these characters and, and makes me care for them and and so on and so forth. I will say this. I love this episode a lot more, a lot more. Like, it's a huge, huge gap between my love for this episode and then the Bill and Frank episode. I think the romance between Bill and Frank just wasn't handled properly, in my opinion, because that episode just doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I know people out there that says that, oh, well, it matters because it, it makes Joel care for Elliot. That's like the start of the relationship right there. But, you know, you could have really just fit that line in just about anything and made us care for that relationship or made him care for Ellie. I don't think you needed an hour spent with two characters that are no longer in the show. So, we jump to Left Behind. I think the relationship aspect, the story, the romance, I I, I just think it it's handled way better. It just flows more naturally in this episode. There's great chemistry between... Storm Reed and Bella Ramsey. The dialogue and the acting, like I said, just flows very naturally in all the scenes. It doesn't feel forced, kind of like the Bill and Frank stuff. It, it just felt awkward in a way, whereas this just feels like just another, another love-slash-romance in any type of show. So I definitely love the way they handled this episode a lot more than the other one. And this one is, well, better because we have Ellie... To further develop, we have we have this backstory on her now. Whereas with the Bill and Frank episode, like I said, that that is done. They're 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 both dead, and we no longer talk about Bill and Frank for the rest of the series or any of the other games. So why did we need an hour spent with them? Now, on the other side of the spectrum, I I think we kind of do need this this type of story for Ellie to give her that backstory. So I think this was needed in the grand scheme of everything and whereas the bill and frank episode when we mentioned it in our review that episode came at a weird time because we had just got to know ellie and joel and then it's all of a sudden a filler episode this one it comes towards the end of the season episode seven so we have two more episodes after this i just think i just think it was placed very well in in the overall season uh order for the uh, for the episodes would this have worked if it was like episode four i don't know but i i do like how we got this episode at seven right before we get to the uh to the meat to the crux of the season which is the back half of the game and very very big moments in the game so i do love this episode i, I love it a lot in fact i'm ready for episode eight because i, I said this on the last episode Episode 8 is going to be my favorite portion of the entire game. If you have watched the teaser trailer for for that episode, it deals with Ellie and Joel, and you know he's still injured, and she meets a bunch of other people, 
and it's just a lot of stuff that goes on. I don't want to spoil anything, but I absolutely love that portion of the game. It's it's absolutely without a doubt my favorite portion of the game, and especially the uh, the gameplay and, and and whatnot. But to dive a little bit deeper into this episode, I think Bella Ramsey has slowly just come into her own as Ellie. You know, the first couple episodes, I was like, ah, I'm not really feeling it. But slowly with every episode, we get more and more of that character. And now I'm like, nah, bro, she, she's acting just like Ellie does in the game. Uh, you know, that that personality, that character development is there. And I absolutely love it. And the fact that, you know, we kind of grow with Bella Ramsey as an actress and Ellie as a character all at the same time, I think is is really unique. And I, I, I do love that aspect of this show where, you know, I didn't really care for her to, to start off, but now I'm slowly loving the character more, and then I'm slowly loving her as an actress more. And I love how Riley says in this episode, you know, you can't fight everyone and everything. To me, that personifies the character of Ellie. She's always telling people to, you know, go fuck themselves, and she's just ready to fight people. She's aggressive, uh, confrontational, stubborn, uh, sarcastic, but also incredibly loving and outspoken. And she also has a sailor mouth. So she's all of these things. And I think this episode kind of highlights that and kind of puts that at the forefront. And I just I love how we get just nothing but Ellie in this episode. And I just love how we continue to get smaller moments with the characters in this show, specifically Ellie being... Uh, you know, like amazed by the escalator or her learning about why different stores were looted or, you know, the carousel ride or her being amazed by the arcade. It's just like little moments like that, specifically throughout this episode, but, you know, and all the episodes in general. But this episode in particular, you know, it's just smaller moments like that that really highlight her character. And you almost kind of forget with her dropping, you know, F-bombs every five seconds that she is still only 14 years old. So all of these things that, you know, maybe you and I have experienced, she hasn't. You know, she she was born in the post-apocalyptic world, the post-infected world. She didn't see, you know, airplanes flying and, and you know, and stuff like that, whereas we have. So it's nice to see her just be amazed by these small, small things, these small moments in life. All right, so let's go back real quick and talk about the Ellie and Riley relationship. Because obviously that is the, the main focal point of the episode. I here's some here's here's some reasons why I think this episode is just handled better, better with the romance. You know, there are subtle clues that that Ellie has that tells you that she has a huge crush on Riley. You know, fixing her hair in the Victoria's secret window or or just the way she looks at Riley. You can just tell like, bruh, she loves the hell out of this girl. She she is totally in love with Riley. And it's it's one of those things where I'm a huge fan of of show me don't tell me, and we definitely get that in this episode. And I don't necessarily get that in the Bill and Frank episode. And I don't want to keep telling tearing down the the Bill and Frank episode. I'm just I'm using that to kind of kind of show y'all, tell y'all what they've improved with this episode and how much I love this episode more in comparison to the Bill and Frank episode. But Riley and Ellie just have this, this real huge, you know, bigger than life type of issue where Riley is leaving Ellie to go to Atlanta and to an adult, it's like, fuck it. Who cares? Right. 
for these kids, it's it's all that matters. You know, it's kind of like watching a Goonies movie. And this is probably a poor, poor analogy, but just hear me out. So in the Goonie movies, you know, in the Goonies movie and then like Outer Banks or any type of movie uh, with that within that genre where they use, you know, kids, like, you know, Stranger Things and whatnot. Oh, okay, wait, let me tell you that back. Stranger Things is a, a very bad example for what I'm trying to prove. So in those movies, they're they're doing things, and it's just like these end-of-the-world things for them, whereas for us, it's like, well, I mean, that's really not that big of a deal, bro. But to kids, they, they amplify everything in their lives. You know, just the smallest moments is something that just could be the end of their world, right? So for these kids, that's all that matters is this relationship that they're in. Riley wants to be chosen, and Ellie 100% chose Riley. Uh, considers her family, but again, another person abandons Ellie. And I think that is really why this episode works so well, is because of that point that I just made. Ellie is getting abandoned again. She has been abandoned multiple times throughout this the series. People have left her, whether it's by choice or not, you know, whether they died or they just left on their own. Most of the time is death. So Marlene left her. She she pawned her off on somebody else. And then we have uh, Tess, who she was only with for a little bit, but she ended up dying. Now Joel, which is the big reason why this episode works, is this whole episode is juxtaposed with Joel basically dying in her arms, right? So she's losing Joel, but this also reminds her the fact that she also lost another person that she really, really loves, and that is Riley. So I, I think... A lot of that works very well throughout the context of this episode for that reason. You know, people are just, are she's being abandoned. And Riley wants to leave, and that's when Ellie is just hurt the most because she's like, well, everybody else is leaving, so, you know, why does it matter, you know? But then they kind of come to terms with what they're going to do. They get they both get bitten in the, uh, in the, in the mall, and I, I just, I love the aspect of that episode, how they kind of tie it all together and make it, you know, that further development of Ellie's character. Whereas maybe in the Bill and Frank episode, we don't really get that all that much. You know, we don't get that real development of, of any of the characters, honestly. So I think this episode is just wildly successful just for those reasons that I just mentioned. And then Riley and Ellie's kiss was very much earned when it happened. It didn't feel forced. They just did great storytelling and building of that relationship. And when they both get bitten, it's it's heartbreaking. You know, when you see that and, and the responses from, from Ellie and then Riley, two completely different style of responses. Ellie is violent. She's, she's lashing out in anger. Whereas Riley is just, okay, I mean, that's just... This is just what happens in life, you know. We all we're all born and then we die. It just some of us get to it faster. And she just has like this very, like I I mean, what the fuck you want me to do about it? You know, like we're it's done. Why why should I be angry about it? So I, I love the aspect of them having two completely different style responses to them getting bitten. And what's more heartbreaking is the fact that we as the viewers know that Ellie will survive and. She, we anticipate that heartbreak that she's going to experience because she literally just kissed her best friend and she's in love with her. And then all that just, you know, we, we, we finally see her get something 
in this series, you know, in her life. She finally achieved something that she really, really wanted, and that was the love of I don't know if it's the love of her life, but you know, for for now, it is the one person that she loves, and she finally gets that person. And then they just ripped that away from her. And it's just, it's truly heartbreaking, honestly. And they don't know it at the time, the characters do, that she's just going to survive. So you can only imagine what Ellie's response is once Riley dies and and she doesn't. So I'm kind of curious as to why they didn't show that even further. Because that would have been some some great, great story moments and some great character development and some great acting, potentially, uh, if we were able to see that. So I thought it was an excellent storytelling and a tension builder by showing the infected so early on in the episode. You never know when it's going to show up, so it just keeps you on the edge of your seat the entire time. So I thought they did play with your expectations a little bit because, you know, the whole time you're like, oh, is this where the is this where the infected's coming in? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, all right. Oh, wait, 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 are they coming in on this scene? So it was just constantly playing with those expectations. And then as a as a fan of the of the game, I, I never played the DLC, obviously, but as someone that kind of knows what happens in the game, it's, it's still, even though you're anticipating it and you kind of know where the story's going, it's still, it's stu- still super suspenseful and tense. And I just, I love everything that they did with this episode. I love the non-linear storytelling towards the end, how it bounces back and forth between the la- between the last episode and the present. The great thing about this is how they, like I said a minute ago, they're juxtaposed against each other. In both cases, Ellie is on the verge of losing someone who she cares for, and Ellie refuses to leave Joel, who will do whatever it takes to, to save him. And that's kind of what we end the episode on, is her trying her best to not lose another person in her life. And I, that just makes me so excited to see episode eight because uh, I, I mean I know what's going to happen in episode eight, and it just makes me so excited to finally watch it. But yeah, guys, I absolutely love this episode. I gave it an eight out of ten. I think it's great, and I definitely loved this episode way more than I did anything with the Bill and Frank episode. Uh, I kind of struggled to get through that episode, whereas this one, I was. It's definitely a slower episode, not gonna lie, but. It was, it was interesting the entire time. You know, I was intrigued by the development of those characters, and I was invested in that relationship that they they hit off pretty quickly in that episode. But y'all let me know on our Facebook page and or the Discord, which you can get access to by going to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Supports at any of those tiers, and you get access to, like I said, the Discord, plus a bunch of other content the Wild Death Podcast, Rants and Raves Podcast, plus bonus content. And uh, yeah, go support us there. We would greatly appreciate it. And uh, that's going to be it for me, guys. I will catch you all next week on the next review for The Last of Us. Laters.